Welcome once again to Yada Yada Boys, the official Treasures of Zara Adventure podcast of the anime, of the manga, of the Hiroko Araki. I'm your host, Eddie Colazzo, also known as White Grinch, and with me as always is Brooks Oglesby. I'm Brooks, aka the famous dog mosaic. How are you? <laughs> pretty, pretty good. How's it going? It's good. Uh, my house uh, uh, has... It's good that we were in Pompeii because I kind of have an impluvium, which is where the ancient Romans, they would... Uh, collect water in an open ceiling sort of thing. Okay. And that's just okay, sort of what my house does now because we got sort of like a weird winter storm in central Florida. And, mm-hmm. uh, it was the fourth biggest rainfall of all time in Florida yesterday. Oh, cool. Just kind of out of nowhere. So now my bed is wet with rain. Mm-hmm. But otherwise I'm kind good. Of, kind of it's, the perfect spot to have a leak in your house. It's the perfect spot, and also it was the first day that I was supposed to sort of sleep in after my big... I, we're both done with our big semester, huh? We did it. It's over. We did it. Now it's 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 time now to it's celebrate. All, all, it's all fun and games until January 22nd or whatever when it's uh, not anymore for I'm me. Start, like, but January 7th. That fucking sucks. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. I got a nice um, Fire and Blood Christmas present from my good friend Robert Baratheon, which is nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm happy Robert sent it to you. I got um, a doorstop that says Hodor on it. Yeah, that's funny. That's really funny. <laughs> Whoever sent that to me, thank you for that. It's it really great. funny. I saw kind of the, like, receipt before I saw the object. Uh-huh. And it said, like, Hodor stop. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this ought to be good. <laughs> And then I dug deeper into the package, and I, it turns out I was right. Yeah. It's pretty so, good. Thanks, uh, whoever sent that one. Yeah, to thanks to our our secret Santas here, over secret. here at Yachty Yachty Boys. <laughs> this one goes out to all the secret Santas out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, JoJo. It's back. It's finally Friday, and we're back, and we're continuing the story of the little boy Narancha. <laughs> So fucking small. I it's forgot because so I because I I I'm the first week after yada yada boys. I'm usually in fun point mode, which mm-hmm. I I doubt you are because it's sort of a long one. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh are you, you know sticking your toe in. Uh, have to say not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have a good kind of like a, me and Kim have a bit of a two and a half hour drive or so to Delaware. Oh, tomorrow, so you're gonna so. make Kim listen to all of Blood Sugar Sex Magic twice. So, yeah, kind of could be a good way to pass the time, you know? Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. I may also, um, you know, a very inconvenience myself by forgetting to download it on my Spotify. Oh, that would suck. That would be really bad. I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I wish (laughs) you were uh, like me and you've had the CD in your CD changer for 10 years in your car since you were 16 years old. That would would be pretty... I mean, that would work out perfectly now, but... You should have just sent me the CD for... (laughs) There's always next year. No case, just a CD. Yeah, a loose scratch CD that doesn't work. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, Jojo. So Narancha is like the size of one of the six bullets now. Pretty much. <laughs> he's so tiny. He's, he's so he, fucking tiny, dude. But he still says Aerosmith, and it sounds good. Mm-hmm. I like to hear him say Yeah, some it. good words in these two episodes. Yeah. Um. So we continue right off with the last one where he's battling Formaggio. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's very tiny and it, we 
I forget if it gives the update of how small he is, but he's like running to an alleyway, and it takes him like an hour and a half to get. Yeah, he's like a going a cr- like short ways across a sidewalk, and he's like, "It's so fucking far, dude! It, it's so far! I hate this." And then in a classic Iraqi fashion, fashion, there's yeah. just like an evil cat that pops out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does very much shoot. The he cat headshots to death. it no scopes with Aerosmith, little bomber. Oh, play the game, Narancha. <laughs> But then his ultimate is stopped when somebody pours a nice ice cold sparite on him. Yeah, he gets he gets drenched with like what was probably just a cup of water. It was definitely a sparite. It was <laughs> you could see the carbonation in it. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, it's the big man of Formaggio and he's yeah, normal he says, size now. Bossu, daughter, where is she? Yeah, and uh he's like, "Hey, so he squishes Narancha under his foot." Uh, this is definitely, like, a fetish one. Yeah, right? he, he, yeah, it gets all on his toe jam or whatever. And then <laughs> Naracha, it's pretty good. Cause I love how they, like, the sequence of this. Right, because he's like, I'll listen, I'm gonna fucking step on you and make you eat my toe jam if you, like, don't tell me where the boss's daughter is. <laughs> Naracha's like, fine. So he says, fine, I'll never betray my friends. And yeah. then the guy, uh, Formaggio, like, steps harder, and Narancha's like, ah! And blood flies out of his mouth, and then it's like... And then it's an eight-minute backstory. It's a freeze frame, and then the narrator says, like, Narancha was born in Yeah, it's like when we go back to... When Kakyoin's sitting pretty in the water tower, and we find out that he didn't have any friends. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, uh, Narancha is a Leo, if anyone's... Yeah, he was born in 1984, that. the George Orwell year, and he's kind of hot-headed. He's a uh-huh. fire sign, so... Uh-huh. Don't get mad at me if that's not true. The first, it's like, he's a little... In this one, he's a little boy in age. Not He's not tiny. It's only in, like, normal human scale. Right. His bones locked when he was 10 years old at this sort of juncture. And at first, I was... There's a sad thing. It's like, his mother had an eye disease. Right. Like, we're just not going to name that one. They love to have a nondescript eye disease on this one. And as soon as it happened, I was like, oh, so that's pretty cool that he has, like, a scouter. No, that yeah, that's really eye. cool. I love that. But then they do bring that up later, and I was like, oh, I thought I was You thought you were the but... genius. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the mom dies of a, you know, She, has, she gets too disease. many eyes, and she dies of it. And then the dad is just, like, a shit. So, uh, Naranji yeah. just becomes, like, a little Aladdin boy. <laughs> <laughs> did you see, hey, did you see Will Smith? I did. Okay, cool. I don't know what it is. It's not Robin Williams. It's not. It's a whole different guy. I remember showing Kim, I was like, hey, check this out. And she's like, isn't the genie supposed to be thick? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's also supposed to be Robin Williams, but... <laughs> right. Uh, it's, it's just Will Smith in, like, a shirt. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> like there's no there's no effects on him or anything. Like he's not floating or yeah, he's swirling. just he's kind of a guy who's sitting down on the ground and he has a beard. So it's gonna he's be functionally right. Hancock, honestly. But yeah, pretty pretty much. <laughs> What's the uh when when he was the the dating guy Hitch? Hitch, he's just Hitch. Yeah, he's Hitch. Like he's doing the same thing. He's getting Aladdin with the princess. Yeah, this Aladdin's gonna fuck. He definitely because he's real. <laughs> he's a real boy. Uh, so, Narancha, he's, like, out on the streets, and he's just, like, 
stealing from people and doing very obvious scams like, excuse me, uh, Mr. Breadmaker, can you please show me this way on the map? That's how he talks because he's from... He's a little Aladdin boy. He's, he says, I'm a little Aladdin boy. Uh, please show me on the map where to go. And then <laughs> the, the bakery guy's like, oh, you got... Yo, this is a miles away. But while he's holding up the comedically large map, mm-hmm. um, like his friends... They're stealing, stealing St. Gentleman bread. They're stealing delicious Italian St. Gentleman. They're stuff. putting all their nasty fingers in it to check and see if it's good. <laughs> that you gotta know, especially if you're like a street boy. Yeah, street rat. Bam, bam. That's how it goes. It's good. Hey, oh. man, did you see who's in the next scene though? No. So he says that his name is Bro, <laughs> but he-, he looks a lot like Caesar Zeppeli. Okay, but he's a bad guy. Right. Well, like, after... And also, Caesar lived, like, 30 years ago. He looks good. <laughs> he's got... We know that Hamon make, makes you age slower. Mm-hmm. He's mad because he heard that Joseph got married on the other side of the Atlantic. And so he's... He resorted to a life of crime? And he resorted to a life of crime. No, he's still, like, if you think about it, he's, like, in a broad sort of sense fighting against Dio because he's against a guy that's with Dio's son. Okay. So it's still sort of... They're in Italy! They are in Italy. (laughs) (laughs) He has blonde hair. And when you zoomed out at first, it looked like he had a headband. Okay, I will... This may be a distant Zeppeli. This is the closest evidence we've had that Caesar Zeppeli fucked to this entire show. It is. I suppose it is. Anyways, and then he says, hey, Narancha, dye your hair blonde. Not as a joke, He's, though. He says, dye your, it would be really cool if you dye your hair blonde. Yeah, we'd all like it. A, and then I did a crime tomorrow. <laughs> would you and like Narancha that? Narancha says, oh, it sounds, sounds so wonderful. <laughs> this, this is how he talks when he's a, a baby boy. Ah, uh, 30 is the biggest number. <laughs> um, so he does that, and then all his friends make fun of him. And then the cops come in, and they're like, hey, we heard about a huge man who did a crime. Hey, is your name bro? He beat up Mrs. Manini, and now (laughs) you're in big trouble, kid. (laughs) They beat up, they fucking broke Mrs. Manini's kneecaps, and that's why she's so short now. Uh, So that's kind of, we get her backstory. Yeah, he gets sent to kid solitary for robbing an old lady. Yeah, because they, he matches the description of his bro. Yeah, and also the officer is fucking Tomohiro Ishii and gives him a headbutt like, that destroys his eye forever. He, he headbutts him directly. He he headbutts him. He says, "Hey, kid, this is what happens to ones to do the crime." And and <laughs> oh, here's a taste of my bullhammer. He says, and then he and, uh, and the rancher says, "Oh no, right in my nondescript eye infection. Oh, me depth perception. Oh no, just like my mama used to do." And then um, he gets an eye infection, too, because, of course, he did. Yeah. But then he goes back to his bro, and he's like, wow, you're sure a loser. So that's kind of a cool story. Um, But as he is, like, digging through the trash for yucky bread, who walks by but one, (laughs) Hanakata Fugo. Who's wearing a Riddler costume. He's just, he says, riddle me this, little boy. (laughs) He is. It's a green suit, right? Yeah, it looks so. good. It looks really good. Uh, and he brings... So this is not a joke. This is exactly what happens. He, <laughs> like, young Panacotta Fugo brings Narancha to the restaurant that Bruno always eats at. And Where he Bruno looks exactly is, the same. 
he looks in every flashback. Bruno is the same age as he is in the current time when the story. Takes and I've place. seen a. You've shown me the picture of little Bruno before, so he. I think that he was at least little at some point, we past, do, present, or yeah. future. So but far, not here. So at, at this point, we've gotten a flashback for everyone except Bruno. Right. So you have that to look forward to. But what? Um. So here's the exact word for word. Hit me. I got it written down too. Give it to me. He like. Uh, Fugo walks in and he presents the disgusting boy of Narancha to oh, I'm so hungry. to Bruno and he says, "I'd like to feed him some spaghetti." <laughs> then we get like editorializing from the narrator who says he set about this is about Bruno. He set the plate of spaghetti he ordered himself in front of the filthy child. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of biased there. You could have left true. the last. You could have left the last part out. Yeah, but... this dirty kid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Bruno, like, helps him out, and he's... Heart of gold. I, the two, it's funny because in this episode, he's like, Narancha, you must go back to school and never join a gang. And then when he meets Fugo later, he's like, join my gang immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Narancha, you have a bright future. Anyways, Fugo, let's go. Yeah, Fugo, the smart one, you're in a gang now. Um, and it says, like, Bruno made him go back to school, but he never trusted his father again. And then we learned that he passed Popo's test and he does yeah. a very normal pose with his neck. Yeah, we saw the his he stood at his mom's gravestone and like it's very sad, but her name is Melagurga, which is unfortunately a very Tim and Eric name that made me laugh when I read it. <laughs> it is very Melisandra adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> Please, my mother's yeah. name is Melagurga. <laughs> and she's very old and has one eye. Mm-hmm. That's what you gotta know about her. And I totally forgot, like, my next note is like, meanwhile, a foot is on top of him, because I just forgot, because the flashback was so long. Yeah, so that's all happened in the past, and also he learned it now. Also, Um, just, (laughs) I don't, now you're the Bruno expert, he's your son, you know all Mm -hmm. about where he goes from here and everything. As far as I know, he lives at this restaurant. It seems it like it. It seems like he just sat at that table for seven years, and then and then Jorno showed up, and he was like, hey, man, have you considered that the drug trade's bad? And that's sort of the only thing that's changed for him. It must be, like, their headquarters. Right. Be- because in the next episode, like, uh, Fugo tries to dine and dash, and the waiter's like, Mr. Bucciarati, Mr. Bucciarati please do something he, about this. Like, he doesn't good. work there. Right. So, I don't know, it just must be, like, his front or something. But they must have good... It's like if there's, you know, know, you're on a plane or something, and you ask if there's a doctor in the house. If you're in an Italian restaurant, you're like, is there a Bruno in here? Uh, You cut out. I was just making a joke about how Bruno's, like, a doctor on a plane. It wasn't very good. It's probably very funny. Thank you. Um, so, what happens? Oh, yeah, uh, the ranch is still under a foot. And then we cut, so... In the last episode, Formaggio did the, the brain genius thing of like, hey, there's like woman's makeup in that bag. So that means it must be, you must be hiding a woman because a woman would go get the makeup right. herself. In this one, he takes another brain genius leap, which we know is like wrong. Right. Because he says, uh, if we find the boss's daughter, she'll definitely have a stand ability, which will help them find the boss. I took that now, as meaning, like, their abilities would somehow be related. Like, aside from, like, Hermit Purple, have we ever seen that? No, and, like, exactly. I was going to say, like, Holly maybe, but, like, Jotaro is her son. And their stands are not right. related at all. And also, Holly was dying. So, like, the boss's, yeah. if the boss's daughter isn't dying. Yeah. So, I don't know, kind of a stretch there. 
Uh, and he also tells us that as this happened off camera, but conveniently as he was like running through the sewers as a tiny man, uh, he happened to catch a giant gross spider in a bottle. Just the famous most venomous spider that's fine for normal people, unless you're very small. <laughs> no, you know what he says? He's like, in the jungles of South America, there's the deadliest black widow that exists and it can tear a man to shreds. This isn't it, but it's still pretty Yeah, bad. we'll fucking imagine, right? Yeah, and he and Naranch is very tiny, and he says that the spider will sting him and paralyze him, and then his digestive juices will turn him into a vanilla shake. <laughs> he did say that. He did shake, and I I, I like to see it. And Formaggio is like, that's I don't want to see a vanilla milkshake. I want I don't want to see it. So just tell me where the boss's daughter is. Just tell me. And so basically, Naranch is in. Inside the bottle with the spider, and he still has a knife that he takes out and stabs it with. Yeah, he does. The Formaggio is like, the bottle will be your ring. Like, it's pretty good. It's like basically like the bone saw fight in Spider Man. But he takes out a little mm-hmm. shard of glass and stabs it, but then he gets all mm-hmm. webbed and bitten and stuff. He gets all webbed. This spider, like, has precision and knows how to battle a human. This spider's because, fucking cool. Like, because it, like, webs his arms and legs up first. I don't need, like, cool gorilla stand, but, like, Hamon Spider is pretty good. Hamon Spider is sick that's my that's my biker name yeah um and uh, conveniently what at some point the map that narancha used fell out of his pocket yeah. and it was very tiny well and, not not um, for long <laughs> for for Majo picks it up and looks at it he does the naito taunt and he looks at it and he says tranquilo and then he says wow <laughs> all i have to do is follow this backwards grazie narancha yeah, because anyway, Mirage is a fucking little boy, and they got to give him, like, point-by-point map quest directions. Yeah, and anyway, I'm just gonna go follow this map backwards now, and kind of leave you to die by a spider. Here's every step to get to the store, you fucking baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of what happens, as Naranch is webbed up and dying solely of poison. Yeah, and he's like, anyways, uh, I'm gonna leave that spider to, to lay eggs in you or whatever, bye. Yeah. But, actually, uh, Narancho wanted to be eaten by a spider. <laughs> Just like he wanted to get stepped on. Because he, before this, he shot the gas tank of the car that he drove in, and it's been sizzling and it explodes. And, uh, Formaggio catches on fire, and he's on fully engulfed in flames for quite some time. Yeah, he's the bad guy from Kids Next Door, but he was, he... And then Narancia gets to the big height of 5'6 again. He's normal now and out of the bottle. He's normal. He's he's a very normal height to be for an adult male. It's a normal, respectable height. For a grown man to be. Yeah. When you're 27 years old. I agree. Thank you. Uh, maybe I was infected with um, little feet when I was like, born. <laughs> Like, you know how the the thing where, like, the doctor smacks your butt? Instead, I was just, like, poked by little feet. Right. So, And it's a, it's a very slow acting. <laughs> hey, it's... I'd rather have little feet than tiny hands. <laughs> Am I... <laughs> Am I right? Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, so, the man of Formaggio is on fire. And Narancia's first thought is, oh no, the groceries exploded. <laughs> <laughs> My treats! Which is good. Which is My good. treats! Oh, no, my tasty cakes. (laughs) So the first thing the genius of Formaggio does is just a huge cut across his wrist. Yeah, I I thought he was just sort of like giving up. To make blood, so much blood go everywhere that he puts out the flames of his entire body. Yeah. It works. Blood puts out, it's rock, paper, scissors. Blood beats fire. Blood beats fire, as we all know. It's George R. R. Martin says. George R. R. Martin, my favorite book, Blood Beats Fire. (laughs) Um, so then, 
uh, Naranja's like, so, like, you're tiny. Um, I don't care. I'm just going to blow up every car. <laughs> and suddenly there are 25 cars in the street, which he can fire directly into the gas uh-huh. tank and blow them up, which I learned from Mythbusters does not work. Well, they they didn't consider stands. Yeah, weird ha- for Iraqi to do something that's cool but not factually accurate <laughs> in his in his you know mind creation. If this was Game of Thrones, I would have spent the last ten minutes talking about how there's no way that he could have made it out of the bottle without getting severe glass wounds. It didn't make mm-hmm. sense, but it's because good. We still see when he grows bigger. We still see the bottle intact and the spider in it. Right, but somehow Narancha is normal sized outside of it. But whatever, it's fine. Anyway, uh, Formaggio looks like shit. He looks bad, dude. Well, he has, like, ninth-degree burns all over his body. Yeah, he looks like uh, Okuyasu's dad. He does. (laughs) (laughs) And it's actually, it's good, and this is where I realized that, oh, this is a really good fight. Like, it's a very enjoyable stand battle, Mm -hmm. because also his eye is all messed up like Narancha's. Do you get it? And it's like, it's I I, I said to the screen, I do get it. I I commented that on Crunchyroll, and I got 25 upvotes. 25 Crunchyroll points. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's put a treat directly into your mouth. <laughs> uh, so he's like, hey, uh, whatever, at this range, my little feet is faster than your Aerosmith. So let's, you know, see who the fastest gun in the West is. <laughs> and then Aerosmith is it's, just it's, Hey, it's Aerosmith. <laughs> and he just lights up little feet and kills him. He just shoots him to death and then he dies. But then Naranch is like, well, I got here. And then uh, all the groceries are exploded, and I have no car. I have no Mission. money and no car. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm very small, and I have no money. I just got bitten by a spider, but it, my insides are only barely milkshake. And then he says, mission incomplete. Right, because it's... What a, what, I mean, it's true. What a, what a great child. Yeah. He loved... He's... George W. Bush retired. Resigned. Anyway, there's... Every single car in the street has exploded, but somehow Narancha makes it back to the... Uh, the vineyard. He caused a million dollars in damage easy. It's fine. No, it's whatever. And he already has a record. He does have a criminal record is the thing. But mm-hmm. he gets away with it. Yeah. Um, and I like that he's just sitting like all bandaged up. And then they're like, well, this sucks. Yeah, Narancha. and Fugo's <laughs> just yelling at him. You really goofed it up this time, Narancha. Um We were doing such then, a good job hanging out at this vineyard on the cool steps. Uh, I forget who, but... Someone's like, well, now that, like, our location may be revealed, we have to get out of here right away. Right. So Giorno says, actually, we shouldn't leave right away. We may, uh, we should wait until we get a message from the boss. And then Abaccio says, how do you know we're going to get a message from the boss? He said, I read the script. Just wait a second. And then <laughs> Mista pops out of a car and he says, hey, there's a message from the boss. And they all go, Mista. Hey, remember <laughs> Giorno Giovanna, the main character? Who? Because that's how I felt in this scene. He's not the main character. They didn't... They didn't do this with Josuke, you know? They, they forgot to make him the main character. They really did. <laughs> and he's Dio's son. He is Dio's son. It just brother. hit me later in this episode and I was looking at him. I was like, Dio has a son, dude. <laughs> um, so anyway, they get a fucking email from the boss. Uh-huh. And it says... Uh, Hey, you have to go to the famous place of Pompeii, so you can get a key that will unlock a mystery vehicle. That it's will near the famous daughter. dog mosaic, Kawekanum, and there will be a, a vehicle there for you. Anyway, go find the key. So, uh, Bruno being the, you know, new capo Bruno, and using his uh, 
mind powers, he says, okay, I'm going to send Giorno, Abaccio, and Fugo, the three guys who get along the best. The oh. fam- <laughs> famous cool-headed guys who like each other. The famous just three chill friends to go an hour away and fetch this key. Mm-hmm. And then they, they drive off to see the funny dog mosaic. Bruno just It'd wanted be funny another plate if- of delicious boschetti. It would be funny if it was the the dog from Undertale, like that. Like, yeah, the funny dog. That'd be really funny. I, that would um, be really funny, dude. <laughs> let's check in with the Speedwagon Foundation. Okay. Uh, Patreon.com slash post Game of Thrones. If you like, you can donate to us there. Uh, at five dollars a month, you'll get special shoutouts and episodes. You can send in a message for us to read, and you can send in an album request for other music podcasts. Fun point. And at $10 a month, you get all that, plus special user status in Discord. This episode's special user is <laughs> Patreon user Walt. All right. Willy Wonka? Yeah? Yeah, Walter White. I don't remember the other one. Walt Whitman, fuck. Walt Whitman, yeah. The, the leaves of grass, you know? Yeah. My daddy and my um, mommy, and my daddy and my mommy. <laughs> puff, puff, puff. Puff, puff, um, puff, puff. <laughs> so, uh, some fun Patreon... Uh, you know, content for you is, uh, I believe yesterday, this month's uh, episode of Carry Me Home went out, uh, where me and producer Kim watch and rank every single Jim Carrey movie. Uh-huh. Have you had a chance to Yeah, I listened to, to this one yesterday. The, so what'd you, what'd you think the of The most it? heated one yet. I mean, I thought a series of unfortunate events is pretty, you know. Yeah. Listen, I, listen. That's why we have separate lists. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, <laughs> you know, genuine relationship shit. distress. But that's your. That's her opinions, and I respect it. So <laughs> we all love the Grinch. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is maybe not Carrey. more than liar liar. Maybe uh, some of us not more than liar, and it is a Jim Carrey film. You can't deny it. So. Yeah, and if you want to hear those blazing takes, uh, I like for to one dollar a month, you'll get the whole backlog. I like to think that you know the Grinch. This is the second act of Carry Me Home. You know, you got to have conflict with the main characters. You got to have disagreement. So then, in the third act, you can all come together and enjoy Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, this is the dark second. You know, yeah, you got to go skip some history. stones and think about how you don't like the Grinch very much, and then you go you go see Sonic the Hedgehog, and it's yeah, all better. This is- the Empire Strikes Back of Carry Me Home, where mm-hmm. someone says, the Grinch is good. <laughs> That's um, impossible! <laughs> no! Um, so, also, I'm thinking maybe after, sometime after New Year's, we might tentatively do the next uh, P-God Wrestling Ooh. stream. So, maybe we could do that. I like Something it. To look forward to. Patreon.com slash Thrones. Thank you. Uh, the next episode... Is episode twelve the second mission from the boss? Boss, boss. So I was uh, hey, I was walking around my house yesterday just saying Mista. It's a really fun Mista. one. We don't get a Mista. lot of them in this episode, but just like Mista. I like when Abaccio says Giorno Giovanna. It is fun to say. It's fun to say. Um, so did you know the city of Pompeii was known to the Romans as a peaceful, prosperous health resort? It was then destroyed by Mount Vesuvius on August 24th, 79 AD. I was taking a big swig of coffee and saying, I can't wait to go visit my favorite health resort in Pompeii, Italy. And then, no, it turns out there was a volcano there. Uh-oh. Boy, of all the days. 
And I got really, um, I got, I was hoping that Abakio would take us back to watch that one guy who got owned by a stone block and just like show us what happened. I thought you were going to bring up the guy who became Ash while he was like cranking his hog. Well, that's funny too. Pompeii is the land of treasures. Yeah. Um, and hey, they're going to the famous dog mosaic that everyone knows, and I definitely knew before this. Yeah, um, Kawakanam, you love it. And it's located near the House of the Tragic Poet, so... Which is actually what that's called, which I love. It, I didn't, I didn't know you were, like, a Pompeii scholar. Listen, I, I... Have you been there? No, but I have, I did take... Not, <laughs> not physically. No, not physically. <laughs> I've taken five semesters of, uh, Latinam Linguam, so to speak. Okay. So, mm-hmm. and I've forgotten almost all of it, except for how to say beware of the dog in Latin language, which uh-huh. you've already heard so far. Yeah. But, um... Tumblr user Claudius Pulcare. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Apologies for this one. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so Fugo kind of has a thing where he gets mad, huh? He's kind of a mad one. I learned this about him today. So they're driving to uh, the funny dog, and then Fugo's driving, and then Jordan's like, oh, actually, you should have, like, turned right there, but you turned left. And Fugo just fucking, boy! Like, yeah, you should have told me before I made the mistake not to make it. And Jordan's just like, um, yeah, sorry, I'll do that next time. And Ibakio's like, hey, Fugo, calm down. But guess what? He still hates Jorno. Yeah. Fugo's always like this, where he's very short-tempered. I do not trust the bastard man of Giorno Giovanna. Yeah, because he says, like, oh, this guy's gonna do something that gets us killed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, Abakio must have read the script and know that he has, like, some, uh, he's, like, out to get the boss. Right. But then I remembered there was the one time on the boat where Abakio was like, stay away or I'll die, and Giorno was like, you'll mind if I... <laughs> and just kind of instantly was deflated by yeah. the funny... Oof! Didn't didn't like that one. I've heard, you know, that, I've you know, was I've, that soft machine? I believe that was yeah, tender machine. Tender machine, yeah. Oh, we get some good stand names in this one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Do you like them? <laughs> no, I like them. I don't. Um. So yeah, they're just kind of walking through the you know deserted streets of destroyed Pompeii, and there's just kind of like a very fancy mirror hanging up. Yeah, the the famous mirror of the house of the the tragic poet. The tragic poet. And it's so stupid because they walk up to it and Fugu's like, um, there's like a guy behind the there's pillar. There's a filthy man behind this pillar. And you just see him making like, like he's leering behind, he's so obvious. Yeah. Like sticking his head out and they're like, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. And then it's just five minutes of Fugo being like, no, there he is, look behind you. And they just keep looking back and forth until, you know... Fugo gets pulled into the mirror, and he pushes Ibakio and Giorno away. He gets pulled in. Uh, this guy kind of looks like Dan of Steel. Yeah, he's kind of got, like, a handsome, like, if Vegeta let his hair down kind of look. He has eight discreet pigtails. Yeah! But they look, it looks pretty cool. I, you know, Um, I I like it. I do like that, like, Fugo gets thrown in and into the mirror, and he's like, wow, this is weird. And he just gets, like, rocked immediately. It's good. He deserves it. It's, it's good. Um, Did you know this that Fugo's a genius? He has an IQ of, what is it, 153? Yeah. Something and like he that. And he went to law college at age 13. 
this yeah the the uh mystery man he's just like reading facts he's like ah fugo you beat up a professor he was he was the guy in the chain letter that beat up the marxist professor yeah (laughs) a small child stood up and beat the professor to death and uh he's like ah abakio must also be here and there's that other guy but we don't have information on him because he's new it's like, ah, maybe that will come yeah. handy later. So another, so this is where my notes is just like, huh, Jorna's just kind of not in the series, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of got to watch this one. Yeah. Uh, but since, um, you know, this mysterious man attacks Fugo, it's finally time for him to bring out his stand to defend himself. And that stand is purple smoke. Purple smoke. He says purple haze, though. Yeah, he does say is purple. Which is a pretty sick stand name. It's real good. I wish I, I wish I could have read it. <laughs> it was nice to hear it, but reading it would be good too. But purple smoke's good. Well, he summons uh, purple haze, and then like nothing happens. And he's like, "Hmm, I feel I like I know I summoned it, but I don't know where it is." Um, just kind of a tangent on this one. Remember in Stardust Crusaders when Kakyoin said, "There's no such thing as a mirror world." Right. Was that when they were fighting Centerfold, who was like that was, the more that was, scary like, version him- of this? When him and Polnareff were driving away, and Kakyoin says, this isn't a cartoon, there's no such thing as a mirror world. <laughs> yeah. Well, guess what? Well, it's part five now. So we get kind of, it, we do get the mirror world, and it's also kind of like a Death 13 situation. Yeah! Because he didn't go into the mirror world with his stand summoned. Right. So it's sort of kind of bringing back some, you know, familiar... Yeah, they found, they remembered the good stuff from Stardust Crusaders. They picked Like the it baby out. who ate a poop and the man with two left hands or whatever. <laughs> the famously memorable parts of Stardust Crusaders. Yeah, the time when Abdul got killed for real the first time. Mm-hmm. Did uh, you, and we, so Jorno, meanwhile, is doing mm-hmm. the Bruce Almighty bit with the mirror... Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. like, I get it, stand villain. There's clearly a hole in the wall feeding the secret world through it. And yeah. he looks behind the mirror and it's not we there. Cut, we cut back and Abaki was like, Jorno, get the fuck away from that stand. It's very dangerous. And Jorno just has it. He's like lifting the mirror off the wall and he has his head behind it looking at it. Yeah, he's like, oh, it seems like a mirror. And this stand is like, it's drooling and it's freaking out and it's huddled. It looks like rabbit. It's just like, like it's just, yeah. Like, Wouldn't want to be close to it. Wouldn't want to be close to it. Maybe it has a deadly virus. Yeah, he looks bad, regardless of whether or not I know that it has a deadly virus at this point. Uh, but we also learned that, yes, this uh, villain has the power to send someone into the mirror world. And in the mirror world, he uses his stand, Mirror Man. <laughs> I'm starting with the Mirror Man. <laughs> also known as Man in the Mirror, which is, you know, a bit on the nose, but... Yeah. I get it. Um... Yeah, anyway, a lot of... I feel like we're going to get a lot of blank man stand name translations in this one. Yeah. So, do you hate Mirror Man the way he looks or not? Because I can't decide. I think he looks cool because he has sunglasses. He's got these gaudy, like, Party Rock sunglasses. (laughs) Yeah, Party Rock is in the mirror tonight, and he has a cape. So, he has a cape, he has, know. like, the star platinum, like, knuckle beads everywhere. My only hang-up is his gross, stubby bird mouth. It's not great. It's not great, but if he had, I don't know, if he had, like, if it was, like, Heaven's Door, but he had cool party rock sunglasses and a cape, then it would be cool. It's that just the mouth that trips me up. Yeah. Um, so we then get the, uh, Fugo flashback that we've been waiting for, and we find out that he is, uh, part of the 1%. He's bourgeois. He's bourgeois. 
And he was a very angry, gifted special boy. His parents said, we want great things for you, Fugo. And he says, absolutely not. And he gets pissed he off. Says, I don't think so, Chief. Um, so they he, goes said, to, well, he goes to try to stab his dad, but then his dad uses Zawardo and stops him before he even realizes it. And, and he has to like use his other hand to stop himself from stabbing his dad <laughs> in the back of the neck or whatever. Right. Because he's a very dramatic child. And he says, I think I'm going to go to college now. And then he does, and he's um, 13 in college. Mm-hmm. And, uh, re- hey, remember how we were told that he beat a professor to death with an uh, encyclopedia? Yeah. Um, uh, the professor was kind of a pedophile. Yeah, it turns out that the, the, yeah, the professor was literally canonically a pedophile, huh? And he was, li- like, if you didn't get it, he was fucking drooling while talking to a child and taking his clothes off, so... Yeah, and he obliterates know. him with an encyclopedia, and it's, like, graphic, but good that he did it and then yeah. his his parents used their money to make him not guilty because that's how money works but then they disowned that's how him. money works and they said yeah so then uh what does he do but steal from the famous italian restaurant where bruno lives he sees the world's smallest woman walking in mrs manini and says i gotta <laughs> steal from her uh and then the fucking so what happens is the i i think that the waiter or whatever is like hey i seen you trying to dine and dash and then Fugo's like, um, actually, according to the precedent of the case of whoever versus whoever, 1984. Yeah, Fugo, uh, Fugo's be... a First Amendment guy. Yeah, he <laughs> he's like, he always carries around a mobile Bill of Rights. Uh-huh. And the audience claps. And, and Bruno says, nice, I like this kid. I think he should be in the mob. Yeah. So, um. I love, Br- I love that Bruno is just eating by himself, like always, in his famous restaurant house that he lives. And mm-hmm. he's also just like the ultimate like, neuron genius for understanding that, like, well, stand users are drawn to each other, he learns at some point, so I'm just gonna chill in this nice restaurant and eat, and all of my future friends are gonna come hang out with me. One by one, I'll make these little boys become mafia It's men. the perfect plan. And I'll give them magic ghosts. Anytime there's a boy with an na- unnatural color of hair, I will say, go meet my fat prison friend who has a magical <laughs> arrow, and then come back, and you can be in my gang. Um... So then Bruno, he's like, ah, you're really smart. I could use your, like, brain genius in the gang. And Fugo's like, I don't know. I have a very bad temper. I might freak out and kill you. And Bruno's like, you better do it in one shot. Yeah. Yeah, Bruno's like, don't worry. Join me and I'll help you bring out your rage. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Which is always a a great thing to say. Yeah, it wasn't like, I'll give you, like, a sense of meaning or purpose or, like, help you control it. It's like, nah, dude, we're going to go beast mode. (laughs) Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, give you gonna, a killer ghost. It's gonna be sick, dude. <laughs> um. Anyway, we go back to mirror. Well, actually, to real world, real right. time. But then birds, like crows or whatever, just start kind of getting all gross and dying. They, their their insides turn into a vanilla milkshake, and they turn to vanilla milkshake. But they also die in the mirror world. Like, they fall from nowhere. Right, because we world. knew that these were the only... It was originally only Mirror Man, his dad, and Fugo were the only living things in this fake Pompeii. But uh-huh. then now there are crows in there, so it's like, hmm. Uh-oh. Um, so they just, yeah, are kind of exploding all gross. And then uh, Abakio for, like, 20 minutes, tells Jorno uh, to get away from Purple Haze before saying that... So basically, Purple Haze's power is it has, like, these little orbs on its hands. And when it punches, the orb breaks and a nasty virus comes out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, it only stays... It's like sunlight stops it, but whatever, it spreads very quickly. It's only in a certain radius, blah, blah, blah. Um, one thing that is cool, I, in the past we've had um, 
stupid stand users with really powerful stands. Right. I kind of like this one that it's a really smart guy with a stand that's, like, hard to control. Yeah, it's good. Like, that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, he's a genius, but his stand is Mr. Can I Get a Hug, and yeah. it's really... That's why he's so angry all the time, because he can never you get got a hug. any games on your phone ass looking stand. <laughs> uh, so then you like, like how it looks. Yeah, I think it looks cool. Yeah. I didn't... I, I mean, I like it more and more as the episode goes on, but it, it kind of looks like the way that I imagine Jingle Bell in A Song of Ice and Fire. It's got the sort of checkerboard fun colors everywhere, and then it's got a, a cool, like, riot shield visor. Mm. It looks pretty good. Uh, so, like, it is constantly just, like, like growling and drooling everywhere. Oh, this is where we learn that it, it has idiosyncrasy. 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 Excuse me. Yeah, so apparently this stand has a personality. I, <laughs> dude, I fucking love when stands have personalities. Sex pistols? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So he, yeah, he <laughs> drools great. on his leg, and then we learn that he's high-strung and likes to be clean. So, kind of a germaphobe stand, uh... So, Purple drools on its leg and, like, wipes it off, but then it sees, like, oh, my... My like, wrists, wrists are dirty are... now. So, it, he, like, licks his wrists and rubs them together, but then drools on his leg again. Because this is a really menacing stand, and it still is, but it's, like, this funny slapstick immediately. Mm-hmm. It's good. And Ab- Abakio's like, this is how I know that uh, Fugo doesn't have control of his stand, because he wouldn't allow this. Yeah, he would usually not be having such conduct. Uh-huh. Um... And anyway, then we get, like, ten minutes of Abakio and Giorno yelling at each other. Yeah. Um, I Abakio's don't like Abakio, like, dude. He's not, yeah, winning the hearts and minds of yeah. the viewers, I suppose. Uh, because he's like, okay, well, there's nothing we can do right now. Let's go get the key. And our main goal is to, other other than to blow up and act like I don't know, I don't know nobody, <laughs> is to uh, get the key and then we have to get back and save the boss's daughter. Mm-hmm. Boss. And then Giorno's like, no, we have to save... Fugo because we're friends. And I really there's a shot where it like does a dramatic close up of him and I was like this fucking kid is going to talk about his dream again, isn't he? Right. But he didn't. He didn't no, he just it this time. he turns into a fucking like reddit sir all of a sudden. Yeah. Abakio's like even if I was being attacked, I'd want you all to go on without me and Jorno's like objection. I doubt that good sir. Yeah. And and Abakio's like I I have seniority in this situation. And yeah. Jorno's just like mm. He literally, Abakio's like, listen, the worst outcome would be if we all three die, so we're leaving right now. And Jorno goes, and I humbly decline. Like, mm-hmm. cool. One Reddit gold for you, Purple Haze. <laughs> Reddit gold. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that has to exist. It, you know? I you would know? give Reddit gold to anybody who made that. Uh, then, uh, I think we go back into, like, Mirror World. And then, uh, oh, we, we learned that only in the, like, stand information thing, that the stand user's name is Eluso. Which is yeah. a cool name. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not I as good as Mysterioso. It isn't, but do you, do you remember seeing him in, like, the assess, the Hitman Squad flashback? Because I don't. I certainly do not. But, but I don't remember maybe anybody that was but because... Sorbet in the other one. I was too busy looking at, um, the one guy's terrible face. Oh, fucking Pesci? Pesci, yeah. Dude, Dude, I watched fucking Home Alone 2 last week, and I was still mad just that I was looking at Joe Pesci, because it reminded me of him. How did you feel when the funny president of America's in that movie? It's, you know, it might as well happen. 
Oh, yeah, true. All right. So then, uh, 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 he's like, that's it. In the mirror world, I am the big boss, and I'm going to kill you right now for real. And, and then right was, before... Oh, no, don't give me the killing blow. <laughs> and right before he's delivered the killing blow, we get uh, to be continued, so... And there, we did get, I don't, who fucking knows if it'll even come up, all of you do, except for me, but, like, Fugo, the, one of the last things he thinks is, like, I hope my friends get my message, and I'm sure... Oh, yeah, because, uh, at, at one point, which is weird, because I thought, like, Abakio mentions that, like, oh, Fugo has no control of his stand, but he, the stand, like, directly punches the mirror. Right. I'm, which so is... the mirror stands next episode, they're gonna fall to the ground, and Jorna's gonna realize that it says, like, in the mirror, lads... I, I wonder how they're going to get into this one. Yeah. They probably don't. I guess Fugo they won't, probably yeah. Does. <laughs> Beware of dog, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's it. We'll uh, continue this in uh, two weeks with, what was it? The Mirror episode, Man like... and Purple Smoke is the next episode. It's so bad. <laughs> anyway, that's what it's called. There's probably people who m- must think that it's it's like a deep purple smoke on the water thing. Because they sort of overcorrected, and it's almost another thing. Yeah, they did. T- they they made it into something else by accident, right? Um. So that's this week. Uh, you want to get into questions? Let's get into it. Uh, you can if you have a question, you can email us at yada yada boys at gmail dot com or send us an ask on Tumblr at yada dash yada dash boys dot tumblr dot com. I think that's it. Uh, let's see. First, oh, I do want to mention, I think you reblogged it, the drawing that Tumblr user Dr. Balls Dandy made. Yeah, it's pretty which good. Which is, is Jotaro with, uh, Josuke hair. Yeah. And the hat is just kind of, like, extended on the pompadour. looks good. The he hat, like, really starts over his eyebrows. It's so good. It, it's really good. Uh, so, a few anonymous questions this week. I always love to hear that. Uh, let's dig into them. First one here from Anonymous says, How do you feel about them nerfing Mr.'s ass in the anime? They took away his cake privileges. So I does he have remember... a fat ass in the in the manga? I, I guess. I don't really remember. Like, to be fair, I don't remember most of part five until I see it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, Fugo. Oh yeah. Like, there he is. I remember liking it. But I can't tell you, like, I could tell you, like, oh yeah, like, part three, Dan of Steel. But I don't know. All, all I remember is in part five, it's like, oh, yeah, the fight with this guy. Like, I don't remember anyone's name, but that's probably because they're all just named, like, Italian foods. Right. It does so, make me want to read part five when I'm done. Like, to know. Now that there's actually, like, a full translation of it, which there wasn't until, like, a year ago. Yeah, if, like, you know, so. if, if David Production is taking Brian Cogman liberties and nerfing people's asses, then, like, I'd like to... It'd be funny if, like, this little sex pistols had little asses. Like little <laughs> like baboon little, asses, it'd be funny. Little detailed booty cheeks? Yeah, it'd be good. That'd be pretty good. Be, I miss them. I hope Mista does anything else this entire fucking arc. <laughs> we, like, no, they come back from Pompeii, and they're like, ah, and they're all injured, and they come back, and we finally receive the key, and Mista's just fucking dead. Like... <laughs> He, his wound got infected from three episodes ago. Yeah, and he, he has to go to the hospital and get cool sunglasses and then immediately die. Yeah, he's gone for 20 episodes, but then he comes so It's fate. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Uh, next uh, question comes in from friends of the show, Tumblr user Leaf Crunch, who asked, Do you think that the little man inside the Aerosmith airplane is friends with the sex bullet? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they have a lot in common, and it might get lonely in that airplane. I hope they're friends. 
I wish Narancha stayed tiny so he could become friends with Sex Pistols. That would be really... He could be the number four that they all hate because it's unlucky. Yeah, he's the he's the weird one and they don't like him. It does. And I'm just, I'm just imagining Mista fucking loading Narancha into his revolver. <laughs> and like firing him at I am the little bomber now. It, it's me. I did it. It does, like, my my favorite, one of my uh, favorite Pokemon little moments that I would mm-hmm. always enjoy in the anime is when they would all just, like, chill after a battle and they would let all their Pokemon out of the balls and they would just, like, eat their dog food, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just really nice. And it was like you could see Ash and uh, letting out, like, Pikachu to eat with, like, Onix and Staryu and all the other little weird creatures. And mm-hmm. I would, I would like to see also Narancha feeding the little man and putting little gasoline inside of his little plane next to the six, the sex bullets. That'd be great. Also, um, unfortunately gold experience is there. I don't like its fucking forehead. I regret to inform you. There it is. It's a cool stand power, but I don't like, I don't like to see it. Yeah. Uh, next one comes in from friend of the show, Maxi Bajillion, who asked, I love how usually stand users are named after musicians or fashion designers. Sometimes they even have normal names. Araki must have been a hungry boy when he was writing part five, since nearly everyone is named after food. So, based on the last Italian dish you ate, what's your passion member name? Sincerely, Pesto Gnocchi. <laughs> um, it is I with a heavy was... heart that my name is Domino Cheesy Bread. <laughs> this is a big job. There's only one guy who can do it. Call in Domino. We got a message from Papa John. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm lasagna. Yeah? Lasagna's yeah. good. I, I would be surprised if there's no character named lasagna. I don't think, I think I, I got dibs on that one. Yeah? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I'll see if Araki will allow it, but. Yeah. Also, I'll, I'll need to unlock my stand ability, so. Right. Some work to do there. It'd be um, so good if fucking Tonio Trendy's name was just like pesto pasta. <laughs> Put it in a box. <laughs> Um, okay, so a few more, we have a couple more anonymous questions to round this one out. All right. Uh, this one says, what JoJo character would you most want to play as in Smash? Oh. So this is character. This isn't strictly related to the JoJo lineage. Right. I mean, it's gotta be Dio. Dio would be, Dio would have like Bayonetta bullshit though with all the time stopping stuff. Yeah, true. But Dio should be OP, you know? Yeah, like, if there was a JoJo representative in Smash, it's gotta be, it's got it would be either Dio or Jotaro, like... Oh, that would fucking blow, dude. It would. It's like how I'm really excited about Sans, but, like, if they put, like, the funny dog in Undertale instead, it would be like, oh. <laughs> what if they swerve everyone and they put, um, fucking Papyrus in? I, you know, listen, I'm very excited about Sans, but Papyrus is very much my favorite character, and he'd do a great job. I'm, I know what song I'm picking for every arena. Listen, <laughs> it's, that's my Megalovania to me. Theme of Brooks. Can I? Yeah, Dating Start for everything, the Eddie thing. <laughs> Can I? Or wait, is it Dating Tense? Is that the one that's you? I forget. It's one of them. It's yeah. one of the dating songs. But the, I mean, it's, it wouldn't happen. It would be Dio or Jotaro. Jotaro. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Caesar has like a pretty good built-in move set. Like his up B could be like his big sit, where he just jumps into the air and sits. Ooh, Wham would be good. 
Divine Sandstorm as a final smash would be really final cool. Final smash, for sure. Yeah. But, like, but, you know, but it's, it's neutral. It, 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 has the, it has the Pichu effect where he fucking blows his own eyes out <laughs> of his head or whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. You could have a bubble shield, you know, you could have... You could have, like, a Hamon, like, counter. Like, that's his down B. Ooh, like, yeah, the revenge, but, like, with fucking Hamon. With bubble, yeah. <sighs> and that could be his throw as he grabs you and sends you in a bubble away. He, you know, yeah, he makes you eat nasty black biscotti. Biscotti, yeah, exactly. And then his yes. final smash is a pigeon flying out of his mouth and F- killing you. Flying, at, flying out of his mouth and you die. <laughs> he says, uh, "Signorina," and then you just get like rock. You just get meteor smashed off the stage. <laughs> yeah. Um. Last question for this week, also from anonymous. Here's a, here's a thinker to go out on. Okay. So, if this season is following the same pattern as the last, then next week could be the final time Fighting Gold is used as the opening theme. Hmm. They usually go around 14 episodes. So, as all things must be ranked and pitted against each other, where does Fighting Gold fall on your JoJo theme rankings? Thank you, don't pee your pants. All right. Um, should we start from the bottom or the top? I think we should start from the bottom. That's the Carry Me Home style. Carry Me Home. So, um... I mean, is it better than Slime Man? (laughs) Stand Proud is bottom. Stand Proud is also bottom. Yeah. What are what are all of them? Stand Proud, Sonichino Sadame, Bloody Storm, uh, Stand Proud, Sonichino Kyoku, uh, Uh, Crazy Crazy Noisy Noisy, Bizarre Town, Chase, and Great Days and Fighting Gold, Fighting Gold. Um. I'm, I'm, I'm not, this is not, this is just the p- preliminary rankings, because I don't have it officially in front of me to keep track of it, so right. I'll just go off of what I think. Uh, bottom, Stamp Proud. Mm-hmm. Right above that is Chase. Mm-hmm. Then, I guess Sonochino Kyoku uh-huh. is above that. Um, what do we have left? <laughs> Uh, uh, so you still have Fighting Gold, Sonichino Sadame, Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town, Bloody Stream, Great Days, and fucking, there's nine of them now. I feel, I feel like, because this is probably just terrible to listen to, I, I'll say that, uh, Fighting Gold is probably like a mid-tier. If, if we're using, on like, carry me home terminology, uh... Fighting Gold is the series of unfortunate events mm. in terms of, like, its gatekeeper status. Like, it's better than the the bad ones, but it's not as good as the top tier. Right. So, like, if you're better than Fighting Gold, that means you're, like, a top tier JoJo OP. But uh-huh. it's not, it doesn't exactly crack into it. Gotcha. But it protects them from the, you know, the dregs. hmm So, I think I mean, that's where it ranks. It's a It's mid-tier. That's basically where I have it. From the bottom, it's Stand Proud, then Chase, then Sonochino Kyoku. And those are the only ones that are, like, not great. Mm-hmm. And then I put Fighting Gold over that. But then it's, like, you have the fucking unpunchable top four IMO, which mm-hmm. is, uh, from the bottom, Sonochino Sadame. It's a fucking perfect beginning mm-hmm. one. It's underrated, just like everything else in part one. It's, like, I never rank it that high until I hear it. And I'm like, this Yeah, I'm like, it's probably not that good. And then I get back into it, and it's, like, overflowing bravery, and it's fucking good. Yeah. And then Great Days is above that. Great Days fucking rules. Bloody Stream is near perfect. And Crazy Noisy Bizarre Town is the best song ever written. Thank you. So, there you go. Official Yaddy Yaddy Boys rankings. 
Oh, I think that's the episode. It's the episode for me. Uh, a very festive yada yada boys this holiday yeah, season. Yeah, happy holidays, happy Honda days. Enjoy your uh, Toyotathon with your new Hodor doorstop that every listener is. Yeah, gonna get. it's Hodorthon. It's hold. Remember, hold, hold on to one more door. You know, <laughs> why not? That's pretty good. Thank you. Thanks. It was a good joke I came up with. Yeah. Um, well, we'll see you on this show in two weeks, but you can look for us next week on Fun Point, where we will be talking about the Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Is that song on that album? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> did, I, did I did you see in the chat that like when I was telling you before the episode Fun Point started, I was like, "Listen, now the true Fun Point begins." And you literally started singing Under the Bridge before yeah. you even knew about it. I had a premonition. Yeah, and I I became crying Michael Jordan silently, but <laughs> it's okay. You see, dropped it on me and then, you know, we'll we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. So you can listen to that if you want. You can listen to Blood Sugar Sex Magic anytime you want. You could I mean, I I am forced to within the next week, but anyone can listen to it whenever. Listen, it's we didn't call it the fun, the fun, nice, unironic song recommendation podcast. Yeah, it's it rhymes with gunpoint. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. So we'll see you on those spots soon. Yeah, and uh, uh semper funny, semper funny. Uh, Remember to tag someone who's always feeling sexually horny. Uh, goodbye, Jojo. <laughs> See ya. Uh, bossu. <laughs>